Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and today I have a good show for you guys. Today's episode comes from a fella that I am going to call Daryl. He actually didn't give me a question per se, but gave me a little bit of a background on his trading history, and pretty short and sweet and to the point, and I'm going to go over that and just give some of my thoughts on what he had to say. Now the reason why I use Daryl is because I don't use people's real identities on these emails, so I give him a Florida redneck name, and I just realized... Never used the name Daryl. Daryl's a solid redneck name. So Daryl writes, Hi Ryan, I joined your trading block last month. I've been listening to your podcast all day during work, and by doing so, finally hammered in my head that I must manage the risk. I like the sound of this email already. He says, I've been trading casually for over 10 years and did okay, but might had those results because of a bull market. But recently, I took a huge drawdown on my account due to some bad trading habits like too big of a position, not using stop losses and holding on the way down, hoping the stock will come back, and I'm embarrassed to say doubling down. Well, the market gave me a lesson. On a good note, after listening to your podcast, hammering the importance of risk and subscribing to your trading block, I'm working my account back up. It might take years, but one thing I know, I won't bring it down more by making the same mistakes. Thanks for your guidance. Sincerely, Daryl. Now, it might not sound like there's much in the email, but there's actually a lot, and we're going to get into all of that. But first, what am I drinking? Well, this one's called Old Camp American Blended Whiskey. If you remember, this was the whiskey that Elon Musk was drinking when he got himself in trouble on the Joe Rogan show smoking some weed. Now, I'm going to give this one a try and see for myself whether or not I like it, except I won't be smoking weed because I don't smoke weed. But I have managed to trade weed stocks from time to time. Now, this Old Camp whiskey actually comes from the Florida Georgia Line Band. There's a lot of bands out there that are making whiskey now, and I guess it's probably pretty synonymous with country music as well. It's aged at least a minimum of two years. But now the smell, you can smell like sweet pecan pie or something, and I don't know. It's, I definitely could smell some pecans to it. Yeah, the taste tastes like pecan as well. It, it's, it doesn't have a lot of character to it, man. It's just... I don't know. It just doesn't taste that great. It's not the worst bourbon I've ever drank, and it's not, definitely not the best. It's 
not even a mediocre bourbon. So an old whiskey has a 80 proof, so that's like 40% alcohol. Guys, I don't know. I, I think maybe like a 4.4, that kind of goes in line with some of the crappy Clyde Mays that I drank and some of the lower quality Jack Daniels. I can't go any further than that. So 4.4, may even be generous on this one, but just not a lot of character to it. It has a lot of blandness. Definitely no heat. I mean, it's it's 40%. I mean, that alone is going to knock it down substantially when it comes to grades. So yeah, 4.4 for Old Camp American Blended Whiskey. Just don't go out and get it. It's it's not worth it, guys. Now, back to the email here from Daryl. He said he's been listening to the podcast all day during work. And anybody that's listened to this podcast knows that one of the biggest things that I talk about is managing the risk on trades. And why do I have to do that? It's because most people do not manage the risk. They don't get into trading because they want to manage the risk or they want to keep the losses small. They get into it because they want to make big money. They want to see their stocks go to the moon, colonize Mars, and come back down to Earth where they can reap the profits. Unfortunately, that's just not how the stock market works. Even to this day, we're seeing GME and AMC. People are still piling into that. As soon as they start seeing a little bit of movement, they think that this thing's going right back up to where it was. In January of 2021 for GME, in June of 2021 for AMC. But if you don't find out quickly when you get into the stock market that it's not about the profits that you make, but how well you contain your losses... You'll never make in this market because having a winning trade, it's not the hardest thing in the world to have a good stock pick. What's very difficult is actually managing a losing trade. That's why so many people blow up their accounts. They don't know how to manage a losing trade. They don't know how to get out early. There's always this hope and this need to win. But as soon as you get that out of your mind that you need to win on a trade, you have the potential to do so much better in terms of results and profits because all of a sudden your focus is geared towards how to defend myself against myself. How do I defend myself against making bad trades that get far worse? Let's keep those losses small. It's kind of a novel idea, right? So he's got that hammered home. He's been trading casually for over 10 years. Now, I don't like the idea of trading casually because it somewhat implies that you're not taking it serious. I think you always got to take trading serious. When I first started SharePointer back in the day, I remember I was telling my tax accountant, I was like, yeah, I guess it's like a little bit of a hobby. And he's like, don't treat this as a hobby. It's like, if you act like it's a hobby, it'll always be a hobby. You've got to take it serious. You've got to focus on it. You've got to tell yourself, I'm going to make a career out of this. At least that's what I had to do for SharePlanner. And when it comes to your trading, you can't come about it casually. You've got to focus on it. So he's been casually trading for over 10 years. That's how you also get sloppy, by the way. And did okay. Might have had some of those results because of a bull market. But recently, I took a huge drawdown on my account due to some bad trading habits, like too big of a positions and not using stop losses. So... He even readily admits, I probably had some of the success I did because of a raging bull market. And that's true. If you go back to 2009, we haven't really had a significant sell-off that lasted to the extent that we saw in 2000 or 2009 or in other periods before then. We've had a couple of months where the stock market will sell off. We had 2015 where the market kind of just traded sideways for a while. We had 2020, the COVID pandemic, that lasted for like a couple of weeks. 2018 was the closest thing to a sustained sell-off. You had the month of October in 2018 sell-off pretty hard. The November tried to trade sideways to slightly higher, and then December finally had a washout. So about two out of three months during that period where the market was selling off. But the people who threw caution to the wind, not many of them got burned because the market was able to recover. Those V-shaped bottoms continued to bail people out. And that's why I always say the stock market isn't really about stock picking. 
that's not where the success is found. The stock success is found on your individual trades and how you manage the risk because there will be uh, plenty of trades in your lifetime where you might get into it at 100 and you don't go into it with a stop loss and it goes down to 97. It'll break down technically at that point. And that's really like the point where you should be getting out. But instead of getting out at 97 where the loss is easy to manage, you keep riding it lower thinking, oh, if it just gets back up to break even, I'll get out. But then it goes to 94, it goes to 93, it goes to 90, it goes to 85 goes to 80 and you're like, crap, I'm down 20% on this trade. What do I do? Oh, I know. At $80, I'm going to double down on my position. So I'll lower my cost basis from 100 down to $90 by doubling my position size. Now that sounds great in theory, but guess what happens? It doesn't cooperate. It keeps going lower. So now it goes from 80 to 75. And a perfect example of this is SQ. This is a stock that was trading like at 300. Now it's gone down to as much as $80 recently. Keeps going lower and lower and lower. You might even triple down at some point. Maybe you triple down at 60. Now your cost basis is like 80, thinking, okay, if it goes back from 60 to 80, I can get out. You need a 33% jump in order to do that. But instead of getting it, it goes down to 40. And you realize now, okay, I've got way too much money. I'm just getting out. I'm going to save whatever I can. And then it goes right back up to 100. Uh, (laughs) that, That does happen to a lot of people, by the way, too, because they manage the risk so poorly, they get out the absolute worst time. Rather, what would be really cool is if we got out at 97 like we should because we're managing risk and we see that initial breakdown on the stock. We get out. We don't take chances. And then after the stock goes down from 90 to 80 to 70 to 60, you're saying, okay, I'm just watching. I'm going to see where it finally decides to bottom at and, and put a base together and then try to work its way back up. And then it gets down to 40. It starts to base. It breaks out. You can get back in it. And guess what just happened? You avoided by getting out at 97, you avoided about $57 per share of pain. Essentially, another 57% of losses that you could have had on your trade. But by doing that, you were able to sit out of the whole decline and wait for there to be a better price at a much lower level. These stops are to help you, one, manage your emotions, and two, to help you when things go really bad. Now, most stocks that you get stopped out of won't always be that bad. It, It might go right back up and you'll say, man, I wish I didn't get knocked out. But it's for those two or three, maybe four or five trades during the course of a year where you'll say to yourself, man, I am really glad I used that stop loss because not every stock that I get stopped out of goes straight down thereafter. But man, the ones that do, those are the ones that I'm glad that I got out of. I mean, take Unity, for example. I made like 30% on that trade on the final one third of my position last year. This was during the month of October. It goes all the way up to $210 and then comes all the way back down to 70. Stop loss makes it to where I can keep most of those profits. But if I just ride it lower thinking that I need to get it when it comes back up, then I'm, I've lost all my profits and I'm deep in the red. That's how fast the market can turn on you. And that was one of those occasions. Man, I'm glad I used a stop loss. But for Daryl here, he's benefited from a 10-year period where there was very few major sell-offs. And now, and I don't even consider the, the, the market sell-off that we've seen so far in 2022 to be all that bad. It's kind of meh. But I tell you this much, the news that we're dealing with is really bad. Not just with the war in Ukraine, not just with inflation, but the fact that we were having to raise interest rates in the middle of all this stuff. Because the Fed was not doing its job by raising interest rates much earlier to curb this inflation, this could have all been avoided had the Fed just simply not tried to goose the stock market back up to all-time highs during the COVID pandemic and to have started back in 2018 when the market was selling off and continued to raise interest rates back then as well. Now we're having to hurry up and raise those interest rates again and do it in a very quick and expedited manner. In fact, they're talking about raising interest rates now by a half a point at the next two meetings, at each of the next two meetings. 
And don't forget to check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com where you can get all my stock market research each and every day and have a hand in supporting this podcast and a couple of episodes that I do each and every week. Check that out, swingtradingthestockmarket.com. You'll get my watch lists. You'll get my setups that I'm looking at each day and some of the most intriguing charts that I come across, as well as updates on all the FANG stocks and each of the major indices. Now, big position sizes have given Daryl a lot of problems here. And it's even compounded when you use too big of a position size and don't even use a stop loss. I get a lot of questions, and I had some of the questions this week when I was meeting up with some people at a stock twits meetup and they were like, Ryan, what kind of position size do you use? How much should I trade? And it's going to vary by each person. I can't tell you what position size you should use, nor should anybody. Position sizes really should come down to what you are comfortable with. And only you are going to know that. Some people can handle 25% on a trade and they don't even blink an eye. Some people can only handle 2%. But what it comes down to is your reaction to money. Let's say you're trading with a 25% position size and a lot of people do. How do you respond when all of a sudden you're down 5 or 6% on that trade? Are you going to start going against your trading plan? Are you going to start panicking and selling even though you have a trading plan in place that's rock solid? Are you able to follow it when you start to lose 5 or 6%? If not, that's a good sign to lower your position size. Maybe it's down to 10%. How do you handle a 5 or 6% pullback with, say, a 10% position size? Do you start panicking when that happens? No? Okay, then maybe we're on the right track. How do you do with a 15%? If you start to panic then, okay, then maybe try to see what 12.5% will do for you. So you try to find that right amount that you can put on each position because otherwise, if you're trading too big, your emotions are going to guide you. That's also another reason why to never double down on a position because if you come up with what size you should have for a position and then when the trade goes against you and you start doubling down, one, you're probably trading too big in the first place because you're not following your plan and you're you're making horrible decisions by doubling down. But two, you're already taking a big position size and making it twice as big. Maybe you're tripling down, making it three times as big. And Daryl here, he's finally learning some major lessons with the drawdown that he had of late. And everybody's going to go through drawdowns. But the key is to keep those drawdowns small so that when you get back on the right track, let's say you just have a bad string of trades. You have like five or six losing trades in a row. Yeah, you're in the middle of a drawdown right there. But are you trading with too big of position sizes to where all of a sudden your account's down 30 or 40%? Are you using bad stop losses? Or are you not even using stop losses? That's going to exasperate the drawdown problem. But where the stop losses help you out and where having the right position size helps you out is that when it starts to get into that drawdown mode, that drawdown's going to be a lot more shallow because you are managing the risk, not only just of your individual position, but preventing yourself from having major drawdowns. Because let's face it, you can have a lot of losing trades in a row. You can have six or seven losing trades. It's possible. But just as much as that's possible, it's possible to blindly buy whatever stock and be profitable on it, to pull a stock name out of a hat and trade it and, and actually be profitable. And that goes back to what I'm saying in the beginning of this episode is that profitable trading doesn't hinge on stock picks because we can draw names out of a hat and have a profitable trade. That doesn't give you a skill set there. Where the skill comes in is how you manage the losses and avoiding those big drawdowns. But the good thing is, is Daryl here is working his way back up. He's, he realizes that he can't make it all back at once, that it may take him years, but he doesn't want to make the same mistakes in the past. So he's not trying to force a schedule on the market. He's He'll take the gains as they come. He will maximize those gains on winning trades by managing the risk on his losing trades very well too. And if you enjoyed this podcast episode, I encourage you to 
Leave me a five-star review. They help me out dramatically and helps me to continue to reach new audiences. Plus, send me your questions, ryan at shareplanner.com. Believe it or not, I do not get enough questions from you guys. So I need you guys to keep sending me those questions. Thank you guys. And God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon.